If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yeah, we're both wearing blood sports shirts, and this is the CU Podcast, number 145 for... We did not plan this. Tuesday, January 29, 2019. That's Ian Ferguson. In the blood sports shirt that he owns, and I do too, except the shirt's lost in Ian's place somewhere. But I'm Pat Contry, and this is Thomas's blood sports shirt with a nice Tom's iconic... bought you two blood sports shirts now, and you have one. I have one of the two. Yeah. 50% ratio of getting blood sports shirts. Uh, are we talking about... Uh, Metroid uh, Prime 4 getting rebooted uh, Valve uh, complaining about capitalism Zelda Doom Total Conversion which is cute Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 PS4 system GameStop cancellations your Q&A uh, Ian I've been on an Unsolved Mysteries kick yeah I should have been for the past 30 years since I grew up with Unsolved Mysteries I watch. I remember watching like the first season of it and I don't know how it used to be on Wednesday nights it used to be on Wednesday nights at 8pm Eastern my bedtime was 9pm when I was seven or eight, which is probably reasonable for an eight-year-old, right? And then I was scared out of my fucking mind because of the the, the creepy... The, one of the best theme songs ever. Oh, yeah. For a TV show. Absolutely. Go look it up. You'll... you'll you'll It's still scary. And then Robert Stack... Uh, tr- uh, update. Uh, update. <laughs> <laughs> but this, like, smoky Robert Stack in his awesome trench coats uh, walking around some fucking weird Masonic temple place telling you about murders and ghost stories and crimes and and lost loves and, you know, uh, twins separated at birth. And it wasn't just all murder and kidnapping shit. You know, it was everything. Uh, alien abductions. I think they eventually got rid of that stuff because Robert Stack said, this is horse shit, and got rid of it. But anyway, so I've been on a kick lately because they they're bringing back to Netflix. And like two days later, they mentioned Unsolved Mysteries on fucking Sports Center. So is it on Netflix? It's going to. No, it's actually on Amazon Prime. Okay, that's where that's where Vani and I watched it but a they few years ago. But they we don't, went through like five se- seasons of it. But they're not like the actual seasons when you watch them because even the first episode has updates to, to past ones. I think they've cut out ones and truncated things and gotten rid of some ones. Uh, they I seem think. to fall into a regular order, but that those beginning ones. I don't. Think. It's weird. The, there's there's definitely something. Well, I think originally missing. there were specials that Robert Stack yeah. wasn't hosting, so maybe that's part of the. I think that's the, just they, it. Yeah, they, they update because they those do ones. seem to go in chronological sure. order after like the first three. Sure. So so it's a little shaky at first, but uh, yeah, Unsolved Mysteries. I love Robert Stack. Yeah, I always uh, I, I, like I said we were obsessed with it for a while. I always got really uncomfortable around the uh, the update music is creepy. Oh no! As a kid, I got sure. freaked out. I'm talking about the the stories of like people trying to find like their lost parents or their lost kids. It was the lost kids ones that bothered really? me. Really? That bothered you? It's From like, like the kids that are abandoned like in the forties? Well, those is that's fine, but it's like you gave your kid up for adoption and now you're gonna go seek it out. That's traumatizing. Like that's a weird one. It's not traumatizing. You wanna uh, you wanna reconnect when you're an adult. What's wrong with that? I mean your your kid should have the say in that, not the not the adult. So if so if you're a thirty year old and I'm a six year old parent, I can't seek you out? I mean it just seems odd. 
It, it's not so much that it's odd. It's that they did it all on TV for reaction, and it's like there there are a couple episodes oh, where they, they talk about it, and they're like, "Yeah, that didn't go well," and it's like, "I can't. I don't want to do the deal." Life is messy. I just feel like that doesn't Re- need to be shown. Relationships are messy. It's very awkward. A lot of times, though, they're like crying and like, oh. and sometimes they honestly they they they, they lose track. Yeah. They give it up because of a hardship, and they don't know what happened because the records were bad, you know, 60, 70 years ago. I guess of all the things, that was just the one that I think I had the most trouble watching uh, live. The ones that bothered me were any ones where they show a, a composite sketch because those, those creep me out to this day. The, the pencil sketches oh, of yeah. criminals, they just, for some reason, those, like, burn into my head those images of, of those killers. Whenever they used to do it, like the Zodiac... Or W.B. Cooper, which was an early oh, yeah. un- Unsolved Mysteries episode. He was a hijacker, plain hijacker. They just, that freaked me out. They just freaked me out. But anyway, Unsolved Mysteries is great. Speaking of creepy, Ian, you want to talk about the, the Ted Bundy uh, confession tapes. Uh, yeah, we, Netflix we, uh, we four part documentary. Those. Holy shit, yeah. Or you watched them. You didn't listen to the actual tapes, so you watched them. Yeah. The, <laughs> well, you don't, have the, you don't have the little cassettes. Yeah, I don't, I don't have my, my own souvenir set. fucking sociopath. Uh, so, yeah, that was wild. Um, Learned a lot of things. I, I knew a lot. I I have that problematic habit that I think some of us have where late at night when you can't go to bed, you just start learning about serial killers. Yeah, that's it's always healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew quite a bit about... When you start hearing stuff, you're like, what the fuck around your house? I knew quite a bit about Ted Bundy uh, going into it, but it's his... Listening to his demeanor and his talking and seeing, like... I've mostly read about him. Seeing him act, like, in court, it's terrifying. I mean, it, it's... He's a, he's a definition of a sociopath. Yeah, the definition. exactly. Um, you know, he acts could, like a normal person, but, but to- he's also... He but totally a- aloof from everything, too. Yeah, you can to tell it's only, it's only partially... You can tell it's an act. There are parts where you can sure. see that act unraveling. Um, oh, when he gets angry, when he, when he hit the thing down in front of the judge, like he got, you saw the anger come out. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a guy that killed at least 30 people. 30 yeah. Women. yeah. So, um, I was unaware of um i did not somehow i did not know about his or if i did the knowledge of it got pushed to the wayside his uh champion his his family i was not aware oh, of his his groupie w- yeah. w- wife that became his wife yeah yep didn't know about oh, there was that. women in the courtroom that were watching enamored with them yeah and they they didn't they they didn't want to say they were like they were but they couldn't even explain why i think the thing that got me though was Obviously, Ted Bundy is awful, and I learned new things. I wanted to watch it. But the end of the show, uh, spoilers, of course, the last episode where they saw show everyone, like, gathering around outside the prison and cheering and selling fucking shirts and stuff, that got fucking disturbing, too. And that was one of Ted Bundy's uh, truths where he said, that's fuck, that's d- disturbing. Like, that's more horrifying that they're doing that. And it's like, yeah, you're actually right that they're... You have these people outside celebrating some frat boys, people selling shirts, saying like "Burn Ted Burn," Burn uh, celebrating Tuesday someone's, is Friday. Yeah, yes, celebrating someone's execution, and that stuff still happens. They don't. There's not as many executions that that are publicized as much as that because Ted Bundy is the most famous serial killer in in, in our history for a reason. Uh, he was one of the first ones that people knew about because before that there was like, "What's a serial killer?" They, as they said in the documentary that it wasn't really a thing that people knew about or publicized like that. Then the 60s and 70s came, and all of a sudden you had Zodiac Killer, Son of Sam, you had uh, John Wayne Gacy, you had a bunch that just got thrown in the public, you know, uh, public uh, knowledge. But, um, yeah, that was terrifying to me. And the last thing that I, uh, I did that I just thought was interesting, because I've watched a lot of Forensic Files, as have you and all that. Oh, yes. Um, I did not know he was the first case to use Bite Mark 
uh, which they said was, is bullshit. Which they said which is I've, not good, but it helped convict them. But and, I've, and I, I have no doubt they didn't that have DNA yet. DNA didn't come, didn't get really big until like the mid '80s. Yeah, you could. You were talking like when they were discussing uh, instead of blood type, uh, you know, DNA. They were talking about oh, it was the same blood type as the you know the woman who went missing. Or sure, like that. But um, yeah, the teeth thing. I I had always heard that it was bullshit, and when they bring it up on like forensic files, I'm like, I don't think that's. I don't think that's admissible anymore, and they mention that that it's not admissible, or yeah, I don't think it, it's 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 considered junk science. Yeah, it shows how un- unprepared the police were, the FBI. No one was talking to each other. They didn't have they didn't have databases or on computers that they can cross reference uh, criminals. They it was all just looking at papers and shit. So then, of course, I knew about his escapes, but Jesus Christ, let him escape twice <sighs> is insane. And then, unfortunately, after the second escape, he killed. Uh, three more women yeah and injured two others so it's like fuck you know like that's insane where, um, he, where he was unraveling obviously at that point where he couldn't even like control control anymore the, you know the, the killing urges i did know about him talking in the third person essentially to describe like oh well i won't tell you what i did but i'll hypothetically well this person something. will just say um it's really yeah it's really disturbing i had always known about that but to hear, to hear him, him describe, do like, it and talk that way it was very weird because he's, he's very specific he i mean there's there's no shred of doubt in his mind that he's just talking about what he's doing but that fucking stupid little loophole well i can tell you what i think a person like that would do and they said well, that's, know, it's like the oj book yeah if i had done it this is how i would yeah. have done it <laughs> uh, and of course he 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 does admit to killings uh by by before he's executed yeah, the day before the day before he admits to him thinking that would save him but no um but uh yeah wherever wherever i was going with that crazy show the whole, yeah, the whole thing is nuts. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, he admitted then, but he never once, according to the guy who was taping him, never once slipped up and admitted yes, guilt even while that, he, was, that. He never said, yeah. I did yeah. this. He said, well, this person might have done this. Maybe this person you know, you know, know, did this and that in graphic detail. And it's like, oh, okay. I imagine you're the, you're the interviewer listening to this. You're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. I and mean, that's your job, but that's... I think the part that got me the most was when he made the police officer recount the details of that. Oh, on on trial? Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. that was that was bad. Cuz like there's no real reason to go through that to that detail again and they even said like he wanted to hear it. Yeah. Cuz he cuz he was his own lawyer. Cuz the guy was was obviously very intelligent. Uh he was going to law school. Uh he he was well, even that was judge was charmed by him. I wouldn't say charms as much as he was he was i wouldn't call him charged charmed he 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 knew that this was a person that went off the deep end obviously sure. he did say though you went in the wrong direction at the end like when he was oh, yeah. him for the you know he's like so yeah you would have been a good lawyer he would have been a good lawyer you know the, the guy was very smart obviously to do that for so long get away with it he escaped twice from custody and uh yeah he was a sociopath so yeah well check out the ted bundy tapes if you don't if you don't want to be able to sleep at night do that uh, Ian, you want to mention the, the, the Terry Crews things? Because uh, you were in the mentions of Terry so Crews. So which one did you find me in? It was about the toxic masculinity stuff. Yeah, right? so so Terry Crews, yeah. Terry Crews um, has come out, uh, you know, and, and spoken about, you know, uh, sexual assault um, and, and toxic masculinity because Terry Crews was, was molested by a, a Hollywood agent in, at a Hollywood party in front of his wife and other people. Yeah. This guy came up and just grabbed his junk. In front of people, he didn't know how to react. So D.L. Hughley, the, the, the um, comedian, 
called out Terry Crews saying, yeah, I should have slapped the shit out of him. And it's like, well, that wouldn't have been good because I would have gotten arrested and blackballed from Hollywood and I wouldn't be able to speak out upon this today. That would have been the worst possible reaction. And Terry Crews seems like, everyone, the reason everyone loves Terry Crews is, is, is that he's very... For for being the fucking jacked up, he's a gentle specimen, giant. He, he's very, he's like the nicest guy in the world. Like he really is. Right. Like he's just a nice guy. And even though he played football, he's a, obviously you know he's in the um, expandable movies and everything. He he's not the model of, of a guy that you would picture coming out talking about sexual assault, which is why it's important. Because he's even a person that someone that we mutually know, I won't say, when they're talking about, well, why don't uh, this is at a convention? He's like, well, I don't understand these. I mean, honestly, and people, some people honestly don't understand how some women don't come out and talk about sexual assault. I said, listen, uh, and I said to this person, you're like a tough guy who can take care of yourself. And um, picture someone else feeling shame that they can't come out and talk about these things. But you can at least, at your how big you are, uh, put up a fight. If you're a hundred pound woman, first of all, you can't put up a fight right. most against someone who weighs a hundred pounds more for you. It's impossible. You're not going to be able to defend yourself. Um, so then you feel that have this fear, uh, this feeling of fear to begin with, and then you feel shame that you couldn't do anything about it. So at least if you're a, a, a man, I understand that you won't be able to understand, not be able to come forward or talk to someone about it. But but that's why, because you're a man, you you're strong. You at least can, you can't picture yourself. Oh, I can never do that. But for a woman. That's a potential that's much more likely. So that's why people were like, wow, Terry Crews is speaking about this because no one can picture someone like Terry Crews being able to be sexually assaulted by someone and, not, and, 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 and being ashamed of it on top of that because he's like 250 pounds of muscle, like six foot four. Right. So that's why people are like, well, this is an important this guy speaking out. He spoke out in front, of, in, what, in front of Congress. He spoke about it. Right, exactly. And I don't know. It's, it's disheartening. Um <sighs> I think the, the reason I got into that one thread was, if it's the one, I've been in a couple threads with you thre- lately. And your thread was defining masculinity versus toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was something that I had found once that I thought was good. It wasn't mine, but it's a it's a screenshot from Tumblr. And it's, you know, people immediately, as soon as you start talking about to- toxic masculinity, there's a lot of people who immediately have this knee-jerk reaction. We see it all the time online. And the easiest way to describe it, and like I said, I'm lifting this, but is a burger is a burger. A cheeseburger is a burger with cheese. Sure. Not saying that all burgers have cheese. Masculinity is masculinity. Toxic masculinity is a type of masculinity. So so, so I think a, a lot of people that when they hear toxic masculinity, they say that you're attacking masculinity itself, and that's not the point of it. Right. It's that there's masculinity is very the same thing with femininity. It's, there's very positive attributes that we associate with it, but the toxic part of it is when the bad parts get put into overdrive and then bad shit comes out. It's like bullying. Like for for me, bullying is one of my biggest pet peeves in life because I was bullied. I saw other people bullied, and people associate that usually. With, oh, well, boys are being boys. They they said that in that Gillette ad that people were pissed about. And you can you can you can uh, make heads or tails of the motivation for that Gillette ad. The motivation uh, doesn't matter at this point, though. But, the message is just get but, it out. But there. the the point is, is is that there are parts of being a boy or a, a man, the bad parts that are glossed over. That and I always go back to to bullying because at least when I was a child, bullying was seen as oh, it's natural. Kids just fucking punch each other, and make fun of each other, and it shouldn't be natural. It should it shouldn't be like even even in my high school. 
you know, when boys picked on the other, there were some teachers that sort of like turned a blind eye to it. It's like, oh, whatever. It's just the jock pushing the the kid into a locker. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, stop it, stop it. But not really having the kid get in trouble, not discouraged. Right. And that's and that's toxic because people get hurt. They get damaged. And that's what what Ian was speaking to in that. I just thought it was interesting that Terry Crews. Uh, you know, D.L. Hewley's going after Terry Crews, and Terry Crews has to defend himself. A lot of people go after him. There's there's a few um, there's a few people who have gone after him. What's that that guy who was like like the, I call him like the Black Alex Jones, Tariq Nasheed. Tariq Nasheed. It's fucking awful. You know, um, it's like, and that's who he was fighting with, and that, and that's the thing. Like he Terry was, you know, he comes out and and discusses his experience, comes out in support of women, and that's great. And people give him shit. Then, like what got me into this again was it was like a two weeks ago in response to a woman saying uh something about sexual harassment Uh with females the guy goes yeah so when can we talk about male sexual harassment and immediately people were like terry cruz did try to talk about it and you all shunned him yeah so and the guy was the guy had been negative on Terry Crews before, and it's like the only time they want to talk about it in a way where they're not making fun of it, it seems, uh, is when guys can use it to ditch, di- di- you know, distract from something else. Yeah. The, the oh, it happens to us too thing is their go-to excuse when women talk about sexual harassment. But, but, no when, a saying, guy, but when a guy actually wants to talk yeah. about his sexual harassment, oh, you uh, should have beat him up. The, yeah, no one's saying men can't talk about their experiences. No, one, no one's saying that. Men, men are, are some men are probably just as ashamed, like Terry Crews was. Yeah, know, where he's like, I don't want to talk about this. I, I feel like less of a man talking about this. Oh, that shit happens. Yeah. You feel, I mean, you, I you can you know, feel question. I mean, it could, I, I can understand that. Um, you know, you don't necessarily want I, to talk about those things that happen to you, and in your head, there's always that constant game you're going to play of how did I let this happen? How was it my fault? That's the sort of stuff that goes through people's heads. I had a situation where I was gaslighted. Ian knows about it. I haven't spoken about it publicly, where it was weird. Maybe one day I'll talk about it, you know? Oh, yeah. Behind-the-scenes stuff that's ugly. Um, anyway, um, so let's talk about the Royal Rumble real quick. Yeah, you can talk about it. I don't know nothing about it. I, 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 watched, uh, I watched parts of, of the Royal Rumble itself. Um, highlights. I didn't watch the whole event. Um, we'll, we'll just say right now, WWE is in a weird spot because... They are looking to say, oh, we're, we're looking to be different now, do something different. But for, for right now, it, it, it's all just, I think, for show, but we'll see what happens. They had Finn Balor uh, fight Lesnar for the... Uh, they, they re-pushed Finn Balor finally after like two and a half years and stuck in mid-card hell. That's good. He had a great showing against Lesnar, where Lesnar actually looked like he was hurt and going to lose. I know you don't like Lesnar, but when Lesnar actually... Um, What's the expression? Shows ass for someone. Like, it's good for that wrestler. Um, so that was good. Lesnar obviously retained, but Fowler's a big star. Like, he's back to, like, where he sh- should have been always. Um, Daniel Bryan is doing awesome work as as the heel, his heel character is awesome. If you would have told me that Bryan would have came back within a year and been like, oh, my God, Bryan's back. Everyone loves him. To now he's a vilified heel. I would have said that's there's no way it's going to happen. But his, his vegan... Uh, anti-consumerism you guys are all destroying the earth and you got to pay attention uh villain is great because it's true everything he says is true that you're, you're all people distracted and not worrying about killing the earth by everything it's fantastic heel work 
fantastic. It also sounds like a, a throwback to like a '90s era character. Where, uh, sure, but you know, now that the Earth is getting destroyed, like, yes. it, it makes sense, and so people are booing him. But like, it's like, well. What are you saying is true? And AJ Styles is just like, we're allowed to do whatever we want. And it's like, yeah, eat those hot dogs and, you know, burn up all, all the, uh, you know, all the, all the petrol and, and gas in your car and things like that. But it's, it's, but it's great work. And they had, they had a, uh, you know, a good match, obviously, but I think it was overshadowed by other things. Uh, Rousey loses to, uh, Sokka for the, uh, not Rousey, excuse me. Becky Lynch loses to Sokka for, uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship which people predicted and she lost cleanly because she entered the Rumble and won the Women's Rumble, which obviously she ever wanted her to win. Um, and then uh, Seth Rollins wins the... the penis. Wins the... What? Seth Rollins. You don't like Seth Rollins? No, I just said he has a penis. Oh. Uh, we talked about it once on the podcast. Oh, yes, yes, yes. A little Instagram trouble. Yeah. That was put on WWE's page because of the... <laughs> they probably stopped it after that. Uh, Seth Rollins... wangerang. <laughs> Seth Rollins wins the men's rumble. Everyone uh, sort of saw that coming. It was like, well, he's pretty much the, the front runner. If you had a bet, it would have been him. There wasn't... So, like, unlike last year when... Uh, uh, yeah, Nakamura won, and uh, Asuka, not Sokka, Asuka, uh, won last year. I call her Sokka, Asuka, Asuka. won last year. People were kind of shocked that they had, I was shocked they had two Asians win. I just was. Uh, I was like, that's kind of surprising. Both didn't win the title, though, but I was still surprised. Um, uh, but, yeah, Sol- uh, Seth Rollins wins. He's going to fight Lesnar. He's going to win. I mean, Seth Rollins is a fine choice. He's a great worker. He has put... The company halfway on his back the past year, but Seth Rollins still is like eighty percent over. He's never been like the guy who was like, "Oh, you're like you're rabidly wanted to like cheer for him." It's like, yeah, we like Seth Rollins. Sort of like how you know what I mean. I like, like Seth Rollins, I but you're like, not going to be like, "Oh, we got to see this match." Like you're never like that for. And I like Seth Rollins. I He's might be in the minority, but I felt like it was easier. I felt like he was better as a heel. But also because he had people propping him up who could make it yes. easier. Like his, like his ceiling, he's, to me, hit his ceiling already. Guys like Finn Balor have a higher ceiling that they never, they never went with that are, I think, more likable for the crowd. Uh, that You know what I mean? Like, like, not that Rollins is a bad face. He's a better heel. And that's the problem with some of these guys where they hit their, I'll say, 80% ceiling where, yeah, he's fine. No one's complaining. But he's not—he's not like a huge star like Jericho sure. or, or like The Rock. Meanwhile, what's now going to be the most anticipated match that should headline WrestleMania is Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. Yeah, this has the makings of like one of the biggest main events that people outside, like like the, like of the hardcore audience, the casuals want to watch. She shows up on Raw, Becky Lynch, where they even said they even deflected, "Oh, she's going to make her decision on SmackDown who she's going to face." No, she comes out on Raw. After Rousey, Rousey in her first year has been an above average performer, below average on the mic. Right. Like way below average on the mic. She had one of the cringiest, cringiest promos on Raw ever, especially for a champion. Like she was lost. The crowd ate her alive. She even said, oh, you're making me stutter. And it's like, oh, God, you don't say this stuff. And because the crowd was was chanting for Becky because they love Becky. Becky. Becky is the biggest star uh, in the WWE right now. Oh, yeah. I, it's I've, not even close. I've heard. It's not even close. This is good. She deserves it's pot- it. It's potentially, been... potentially all of wrestling. She's, She's been fantastic. Yeah. And they've kind of 
they weirdly hedged her their bets with her at first after they, the crowd saw because they turned her heel. They expected the crowd to boo her. No, the crowd loved her. Yeah. She said, "You're taking my spot, Charlotte. This is my." And the crowd's like, "Yeah," because Becky, you've been doing nothing for like a year and a half. So yeah, like oh, yeah, they she, agreed. She was one of those. It's hard to get it right, but it was one of those heels that's a face. Yeah, she's a tweener. She's a stone cold. Yeah, exactly. She's a, she's a, she, she, she's a she's, stone cold character. She absolutely is, and the crowd eats it up. Because I was like, holy shit, we haven't seen a, a, a woman wrestler like this, ever. Right. Like, just getting in men's face and talking shit to John Cena. It's like, this is like, wow. And it's authentic to them. So she comes out to Ronda uh, Rousey after Rousey beats Bailey, uh, And that wasn't a great match. It was an okay match. Because uh, Rousey beat Sasha Banks clean last night. I think Sasha Banks is leaving. I think she's going to go to AEW or somewhere else. That's a whole other conversation. I don't think Sasha Banks is happy at all with how she's being used. I, um, I'm not happy with how she's being used. Because she's very good, and she hasn't been They They squandered anything. her moment where she could like, have Like had a year a and a half run. ago? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's hold the conversation. But Becky comes out, gets in Rousey's face, and Becky says, I'm going to humiliate you. I'm, I'm going to break your mystique. I'm going to take your title and kick your ass all calmly. And Rousey actually got really intense, and she's better being intense versus like the all shucks baby face like Bob Backlund like oh yeah I just want to fight people and because the crowd ain't buying it. the crowd turned on Rousey yeah they turned on her so but so, but now you have a, a someone they're really gonna boo Rousey and someone they're really gonna cheer Becky and there's gonna be some sort of double turn thing happen I think where Becky's gonna win or if doesn't win Rousey's gonna turn on her and cheat or do something like the you know or do something vicious make her bleed like the Bret Hart Stone Cold thing. That happened famously back. They're going to do something like that. It's going to be big. Sure. It's going to be big. Like, this is a match that I have not been excited to watch a WrestleMania match in forever. Yeah. And this is going to be very this could, interesting. This could be a good one. Because, yeah. So, anyway, so that's that as we get our 25 minute uh, intro. By the way, I want to apologize on behalf of Ian. This is, this was, uh, I didn't realize how upset I can make the DOA Extreme fans out there who've gotten my mentions. Uh, for and now they're showing all these uh these uh, scantily clad uh, cartoon women in my mentions. They're saying, "How dare you say someone's fourteen year years old?" I want to say that wasn't me. That was Ian. Get your creepy shit out of my mentions. I think a girl looks like she's fourteen. I'm gonna say she looks okay. like she's fourteen. Deal with it. I- I'm, I'm, okay, this is uh, this. I actually want to go through some of this. I don't usually we don't usually respond on the podcast to tweets. I want to just walk through some of these real quick. I think I think it'll be fun. Okay, you just, just have to get the work. There's no there's no there's no rush here. Uh, in, in my mentions, we're just gonna go through because Ian did it. You should have been tweeting Ian, not me. I didn't say anyone looked 14. I said ah, it could be 18. I didn't say that uh, at first. Let me go to my tweets here and I'll and I'll run through them. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember calling one of the yeah, DOA stream girls the, the 14? blonde girl? I said she looked like she's fourteen, which is an opinion, which is fine. You know, that's been, that's that, fine. That, that 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 character in specific has been constantly so. Look, I see uh, from from this guy, Helena, fourteen. This one and shows the girl with her yeah, boobs. That's, that's not Helena. I mean, that, that's that's not who we were talking about. No, that doesn't look fourteen. So someone else you said looked fourteen. Yes. Okay, well, that, but then it gets worse. Um. This is from the um, at war on fan service. This is what thumbs down. This is why your channel still drives so much negativity, Patnian. Way before Diablo Immortal, you keep talking so arrogantly to things you don't fully understand, and why you even care about this device? It's not even made for the West. Helena is twenty-one years old, not fourteen. So people are then 
people oh, then def- I wasn't talking about <laughs> was it whatever. Wait, wait. So people are now trying to defend themselves liking these women that are eighteen or twenty one. I don't care. That's fine. Like whatever the fuck you want. I just think it's creepy to have this in an arcade. That's all. W- with other people watching and children. That's all. One one person said. One person brought up about the oh, it's good to smell like the you smell the like the beach with with the VR sense and you smell everything. I'm like, yeah, that's why this game is going to be popular because of the sense. That's. All right. So I apologize to pass it, Ian. I don't want to see your creepy mentions anymore with showing me these girls. I don't care about it. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out the name of the one I was talking about. Hold on here. And some do look underage. They Give me do. one second. They it's do. just one so, in particular. Just one in particular that I'm talking about, and that's what we were literally watching. Yeah, right here. Her name is it's Marie Rose. Yeah, yeah, she does look like 14 yep. years old. I agree with Ian, so I'm not going to apologize. Some of these are creepy. Sorry, it's creepy. A little creepy to me. Just a little bit. I'm not judging you. Do whatever you want in your home. In the arcade, it's fucking creepy. Yeah, she's 21. No, she looks like she's 13 years old, that one. Yeah. I, I can confirm. I'll even say 13. So, yeah, it's fucking creepy. All right, let's get on with the show. Ian, Metroid Prime 4 was announced as being in development with a weird graphic Nintendo put out. So, you usually don't do that stuff. Like a year and a half ago. Yeah, 2017. I think they just want to let people know that it was coming. And, uh, yeah, that they're working on it. But uh, now it's, it's hit a... We got, we got an bump update. Bump yes. update, Robert Stacks. So, <laughs> update. So uh, Shinya Takahashi, the senior managing executive officer, said that the, ga- officer said that the game um, hasn't reached the standards that publishers want. And this is rare for Nintendo to say something like this. Yeah, it is. They're usually pretty tight-lipped about the first-party development. And he goes on, although this is very regrettable, we must let you know that the current development progress has not reached the standards we seek in a sequel to the Metroid Prime series. Nintendo always strives for the highest quality in our games, and in our development phase, we challenge ourselves and confront with whether or not the game is living up to the quality on a daily basis. From this standpoint, we have decided, etc., etc. What they've done is they've... Uh, basically sacked the development team and they're bringing Retro Studios uh, back on board. Um, Retro Studios... Uh, was it a Bandai Namco that was working on it first? I don't, I don't know. I'll look it up. Okay. Um, I thought it was in-house. Anyway, uh, so... You threw me off. So Retro Studios is taking the helm of it again. Um, Retro Studios is probably most well-known for uh, being the team behind the original three Metroid Prime games. So while the delay here is unfortunate, um, and I'll get more to that in a second, it is nice to know that if they were having issues and they couldn't do it, um, at least Nintendo bucked up and admitted that and are giving it back to the original team. I think that's a very good sign. Uh-huh. And uh, the sad thing, though, about that is I, for them to work their magic, they have to restart... Um, they, they, they're, they're essentially restarting the development entirely from, from scratch. scratch. Um, so, uh, what was he saying? He said, uh, it will be a long road until the next time we'll be able to update <laughs> you on the development <laughs> progress, and development time will be extensive. However, we will continue developing the game so that when it is completed, it will stand shoulder to shoulder with the past Metroid Prime series. So, wow. yeah, there's going to be. I think they said. I think we're just we're, we're just guessing. Was, but I would it, I would guess about two years. It was Bandai Namco. Oh, okay. That they gave it to, so they screwed the pooch. Actually, I think Bandai Namco did other M, and that was awful. I, I could be wrong. Anyway, all right. So this is unprecedented for Nintendo to come out and say this. Uh, they they. 
they entrusted their first party title, uh, their first party, uh, a long series with, with someone who uh, screwed up. I just don't know how it got this far where they they work on it for a year and a half at least that we know about. Might have been more than that. And then Nintendo looks at it and says, oh, this is garbage. This is just not... I just don't know how it got to that point where like either they they thought it was going okay or they could be salvaged. And then they look at it and be, oh, wow, we have to start from scratch. That's monumental. I know some of the team members who worked on the original Mm. Metroid Prime games are no longer... I thought it was original Metroid. Original Metroid Prime games are no longer with... um, retro but i don't know it seemed odd to me that they wouldn't approach them first for doing the fourth one it's not like they just did the first first one and then disappeared from there they did all three of them so nintendo makes nintendo makes good stuff but well this is uh, the the good news is that nintendo being so transparent people are 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 are, are taking this and taking this well? Yes. They're like, well, well, this is good. You care about quality. You're not just going to shit out some Metroid game that you don't you don't think is up to your Nintendo standards, which are extremely high for obviously the first party titles. Yeah, Nintendo usually doesn't put out first party titles that are just shit upon totally. You know, some, but yeah, not many. It's rare. Yeah, or or, or it's something like other M words. Oh, we don't like the story. You know, it's, or it's, or it's like, well, the game is still technically good. And I looked that know. one up. That was Team Ninja. That was by the people who did uh, Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive and all that. They did other M? Yeah. Okay. But that's, see what I mean, though? It's not like a game that's either broken, though, or clunky, though. But this just seems like this is so off the rails that if they don't have to make a public announcement. They could have even just... They didn't have to like come out with a YouTube video. They could have just tweeted it or, or said something at E3. Say, oh, yeah, we went another direction. It's going to be delayed. The fact that they came out and said this publicly means that... Uh, it, it, to me, they're somewhat sh- shaming the past development team in a way, even if they like they don't mention them by name and be like, "Yeah, they fucked up," and it, and 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 we're now we're now ashamed that we made the bad decision to go with them. Like that's to me what it is. they're trying to save face by making this. Well, and I think that's exactly what it is. By even though the language used is not the most positive, by just coming out and saying entirely, "This is what's going on." Yes, it, not not just a little blurb like. Oh, Metroid yeah. Prime Mother or Metroid Prime Four was delayed and delayed and delayed. Just come out and be like, eh, "It's fucking garbage. We got to restart yeah. this." Because if they delayed Breath of the Wild, probably to come out with the Switch when it launches. But so that was because they they pushed that back like a year. But people weren't like they were like, "Okay," but, but this is something catastrophic to Nintendo to me because this is out of their hands at this point. So now what this means is that a game that you in theory might have seen. This year. Come out this year, sometime near the end of the year. You ain't gonna see this game for a minimum two years. Christmas twenty twenty. You, you think that soon? It's two years. A little less than two years. I'll 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 say. Hmm, I'll say I'll say two thousand twenty one. Alright, that's fine. I'll see because I don't know what's gonna go into this game starting from scratch though with the, the dev time. But this is this is bad. I mean, it's good that they told us about this. They probably got the story and all that out there. You think you think they at least have the same story? Yeah, but they're probably the they've, fact, they're probably hashing through that. But the fact that they gonna say we're tossing it all out and starting from scratch. Yeah. Wow. Well, I hope uh I hope uh I hope Bandai Namco didn't burn some sort of bridge here with Nintendo. I don't I don't think so. All right. Okay. I mean, they're uh, behind Smash. Okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it was. Well, we trust you with with, with some, you know with that development. We'll we'll give you this instead as well as a they bonus. Just had the scraps working on the Metroid Prime game. Uh, okay, 
Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started. So you can start investing at any level. The design is simple and intuitive. It makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts, get some market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view your stock collections, such as uh, 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast, that's us, a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. You can sign up at cupodcast.robinhood.com. All right. Patty hit me with that Valve news. Oh, we, we love talking about we're, we're the official uh, digital store podcast as well. Yes. Uh, Valve says that Metro Exodus bec- uh, becoming an Epic Game Store exclusive is unfair to Steam customers. Don't sell on the platform. Then, I don't know, fucking get better business practices. All right, so Epic Games, we've been talking about a little bit because they're really trying to supercharge themselves as an alternative to Steam to selling digital digital uh, PC games. And when we talked about how how their their revenue split was so much favorable for publishers because Steam is about uh 70/30 while Epic is about 88/12. So with Patmath, you're you're if you're publishing you're getting 30 30 to 40% more profits. Uh, with that model, yeah, and we said that well, this is going to be some, something big because publishers are going to go on over here, and it was already starting uh, before with what was that Ubisoft game? Uh, Division, Division two, two. Yeah. Division two was gonna was gonna come to Epic Games and be exclusive, so that was going to do well. Uh, but this Metro Exodus game is it looks like people are excited for this, so this is for this to be exclusive on Epic is a huge deal, yeah, and uh, naturally. Um, if I'm going to be, uh, what is it, Deep Silver, uh, pointing out Metro Exodus, if I'm Deep Silver, I'm, of course, going to go, you're going to offer me an exclusivity deal, and I'm making 30 to 40% more with the Pat Math? I've got to do the exact percentage. Uh, of course I'm going to be exclusive. Why not? People are still going to find the game. So, but It would be like 18% more, I think. What's that? I think they're making like 18%. Well, see more. that? Well, that's on paper, Ian, but you, you go 18 over 70 that's the see. That's the Pat math. Uh, see, I'm, t- I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you. Uh, I see algebra. So it's 18 divided by uh, 70. You're making 26 percent more. Mm. Not so almost. Let's say 25 percent more money. Delicious. Uh, when you when you jump from 70 to, to 88. So that's that's not small. 25 percent no. more. So they were already doing though uh, pre-orders on Steam. So that so uh, Steam came out and made a statement saying we're going to honor that and Deep Silver does well. Yeah, we're offering it, but they're cutting. They're cutting off the pre-orders right. after the exclusivity announcement. But you're still going to get your game in future announcement. So this was the announcement. That's even crazier to me, though, is that you, you're still going to get it. They're not screwing your customers. No. As a matter of fact, your customers, if they decide they wanted to get it they're through still Steam, are the screwing themselves because um, I believe they're selling it for 50 on the Epic Game Store and 60 on Steam. Yeah. So they're selling it uh, for cheaper. 
Uh, so this is this is what uh, this is the announcement. Epic's uh, this is from uh, Deep uh, Silver. Uh, Epic's generous revenue terms are a game changer. They are that will p- allow publishers to invest more into content creation or pass savings onto the players. Deep Silver CEO Dr. Clemens Kondratis said, it "Sounds like a Bond villain." By teaming up with Epic, we'll be able to invest more into the future of Metro and our ongoing partnership with series developer for a games to the benefit of our Metro fans. That just basically means we're keep more of our money. We can do more. And if we want to, we can we can lower the price because we'll still make uh, still make about the same amount or if a little bit more, and you'll save money. And this is what I like about what they're doing here and this coming up is um, it's not just a theoretical talk about well, if you know developers make more, then the games will fall in price. People talk about that all the time, and we never see it. Just like how you, oh well, you know, digital games will be cheaper than physical games because no, I mean, no big company has done that yet. The fact that they put it on Epic exclusively, and then drop the price 10 bucks from what it was going to sell for, is that's a really nice cause and effect situation. Sure. You see the response immediately. People are saving 10 bucks. Developers happy. The only one crying about it is Steam. And they can change it. All they have to do is change their profit-sharing model. Uh, Valve uh, has updated uh, the store page for Metro Exodus with a notice that it will discontinue uh, pre-orders on Metro Exodus later today. Uh, when it was announced. While it was acknowledged that the game and any DLC would be fully supported for those who pre-order on Steam, Valve clearly took issue with the move. Uh, we think the decision to remove the game is unfair to Steam customers, especially after a long pre-sales uh, period. We apologize to Steam customers that, that were expecting to be available for sale through the February 15th release date, but we were only recently informed of the decision and given limited time to let everyone know. It's absurd. It's unfair. It's not unfair. People that bought it are going to get the game. Yeah. You just don't want... You're just afraid now that this is going to be now uh, people jumping ship off Steam to go exclusive to Epic Games. Yeah. Which you should be afraid. And it's my... my, The thing is, it it, it seems like they're trying to make an appeal to their customer base to be upset about it, too. Why would I be upset? Why would they be upset? A, there's two options here. Either the person who gets the... Who pre-ordered the game gets their pre-ordered game yeah. from Steam, and they are happy, or they cancel their Steam pre-order, and they go spend $10 less on it through the Epic Game Store. There is no reason for the customer to be mad here. I don't think there are any hardcore Steam loyalists who are like, Ugh, I'm upset I can't pay $10 more for this game right now. That's not, that's not how down- this works. Oh, I gotta download another launcher. Or it's- this is great. I'm not gonna be upset that uh, a digital middleman might potentially lose money in the future. Then you know what, Valve? Adapt. Lower your percentage to match or even get closer. How about 15% instead of uh, 30%? Because, yeah, you can make the argument if you want that, you know, Steam is very well known for sure and people will search it or, you know, go there naturally. But so if you don't feel like you can do 10% or 12%, then do 15 but you got to cut closer to the discord. It's and capitalism. The epi- well, this is the good positive yeah, yeah, aspects exactly. of capitalism because yeah. consumers sometimes wins. A lot of times they do when there's competition. This is great. Yeah. So they need to get closer to their discords and the Epic game stores, and then maybe they'll see a change. But honestly, if you could publish on, uh, if you could publish on Epic and you know, no people are going to go, why would you bother with steam? It's, it's, well, if you're a big game, you can do it. If you're, yeah, if you're, if you're small, small, you got to do everything. But uh, yeah. with the bigger ones, it's like, no, just, don't bother. But but you're going to advertise Epic if even if I'm a smaller indie dev, I'll be like, yeah, I want to I'm going to link you to the Epic Games because I'm uh I, I need more of that cake. 
Yeah, you have twenty five percent more money is not a small amount. You That's put, a chunk. You put it everywhere so people can buy it, but you push the epic. If like, I'm selling a game for ten dollars, uh, keeping, uh, let's see, let's see, I'd be keeping. Uh, Keeping $7 versus $9, that's a huge percentage. That's yeah. huge. That's a huge difference. $2 more per game at only $10. It's a $20 game uh, with Pat Myth, $14 versus about $18. And you could drop it a buck and still gain a buck. And You can drop it a couple dollars and you're still making more. Money. Yeah. So maybe that's what's going to happen is that people, indie developers, will have a lower price on, Ep- on Epic Game Store. And naturally, people will flock over because I would do that. Yeah, that's the quickest way to get everyone to change is literally drop your prices by like a buck or two and just see what happens. So my ten dollar game on Steam is only eight bucks, or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, or nine, or it's more for like I think if you're like, the, like a thirty dollar game, you'll, you'll see the difference. It's like on thirty thirty dollars on Steam, eh, it's only twenty five bucks, yeah, or twenty six bucks on Epic Games. And then uh, this is this is the beginning of uh, not the end for Valve, but Valve's got to they got to adapt. See the problem with Valve sitting sitting fat and happy with no competition is that now they're used to their their revenue stream being so puffed up artificially is that now they have to provide more value the value or they're gonna have to lower the price to match. And that's capitalism. So don't fucking whine about it. That, that now you have some staunch competition, right? Look at me. I'm I'm, I'm taking a. I'm not siding with a corporation. Well, I'm siding with one corporation, Epic Games. But you know what, Epic Games? <clears throat> We're just corporate shells, though. You know what I would love to see on the Epic Games store? And I'll pay and I'll pay any value. The value, I don't care if you if you if you do a, a, a 10% split with the publisher yourselves. Unreal Tournament. How about that, Epic Games? I thought you were going to say Quake 5. Are you trying to be happy? Trying to fuck with me? Ian? Yeah, I am. <laughs> It's the wrong company, but okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I know Pat. that's the point. Also, I know that you're anti Quake and pro Unreal. I'm not anti Quake. I used to play some Quake Two and Quake Three Arena. Quake Quake Three Arena, I played. But a lot that's of like the, the dumbed down first person shooter that. See, I knew that's a, a thinking man from Unreal Tournament would want to play. <laughs> Unreal Tournament's a thinking man's uh, first person shooter. So I'm trying to trying to say here. Uh, All right. So, uh, GameStop. GameStop, GameStop, GameStop. Man, they're not in a great place. No, uh, apparently the they can't uh, find someone to buy they them. Can't, yeah, the person. that was that was breaking news is that they they hired someone in the fall to try to find a buyer. They thought there was a deal, and everyone looked at him and said, "No, this is bad. Yeah, this is so bad." True. So GameStop is getting real dangerously close to getting fucked right in the nose. Um, <laughs> nose in, I was going to say in the ear. Uh, you know any of those orifices, but uh, in a in a more in a in an embarrassment, they uh, started canceling some pre-orders for the PlayStation uh, for um, Kingdom Hearts Three Collector's Edition system, which of course has you know all the little fancy artwork on it and stuff like that, and on the controller. And people are huge into Kingdom Hearts, and man, they've been waiting for this shit for what twelve years or something. So, needless to say, they were excited. Well, I believe these went on sale uh, pre-order about a year ago, and uh, someone noticed, uh, broke the news, uh, Kenny uh, received an email uh, that stated, Due to an unforeseen issue, we will be unable to fulfill your order. We will be canceling your order for this, and you will not be charged. For this inconvenience, we will be sending you a $25 coupon code for your next GameStop.com order. Simply blah, 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 blah. We sincerely apologize for any frustration this may cause you. If you have any further questions, please don't hesitate to let us know. And they tweeted it. 
Due to an error, we oversold on pre-orders for the limited edition Kingdom Hearts. Uh, unfortunately, some orders will need to cancel. $25 gift coupon. We apologize. So, this is this is a, a bunch of hot horse shit. And this is not the first time GameStop's done it. How do you oversell it? a pre-order? Well, so, my friend Jess, who uh, lives in Buffalo. I talked to her. <laughs> Tell all. me about how GameStop she, works. She, she uh, worked there for 10 years. And, um, hi Jess. And she said that basis because someone was like well it's not their fault uh because it, it just depends on how many sony sells them what yeah and she goes no that's not how it works to be able to sell them we need to know how many we're getting so we can technically <clears throat> cut off pre-orders she goes gamestop used to do this sort of stuff all the time where i know you're looking for a chance to use it where they would oversell what they have to show the company hey we can sell more we can sell more and whether or not the company goes, and somebody oh, okay. might be like, okay, that's fine. We're, we still have a limited we still only, amount. Yeah, we still only have these ones. So why are you doing that? And, and apparently that's how it happens. They they oversell based on this desire, I guess, to please, um, to like try to please. Does GameStop know how this shit works? No, apparently fucking not. So Sony, remember, Kingdom Hearts is Disney, right? Yeah. They gotta. Sony's gotta make a deal with Disney off the side to say we are making this amount of these. They're probably paying a amount of money per console that Disney then ends up getting as part of the deal. There isn't just like Disney's not gonna say, oh, just pay a certain amount and make how many ever you want, and you keep the extra profits. That's not how this shit usually works. Yeah. So there's gonna be a, a finite amount that they're contracted that they could probably sell because Disney won't allow them to sell more than that. How fucking stupid are you, GameStop? You can't just oversell something like this. So that's that's holy from, shit. That's from my trusty agent on the street, but she hasn't worked there in a while. So if anyone has like a, a if I'm wrong, instead of coming in and killing me, um, if anyone has any firsthand uh, info about how this went down, uh, that seems like a logical thing to me. Now, you're, now in. and now this is just like the other with the other thing with EA. And, uh, Disney's got to hear about this shit now. Yeah. They don't want to upset the mouse. No. They don't want to deal with this horse shit. Yeah. His office is full of Iron Maidens. I mean, I mean, like, seriously, though. like, They're like, oh, we're going to put out this cool, you know, this is good for our game. It's going to come out there. And then they got to hear about GameStop promising customers more. Now they're pissed off. And now they're blaming blaming Sony, which then kind of ties into Disney. And Disney's like, I don't want to deal with this shit. And then it's like you go in there, though, and they're like, do you want to pre-order anything? I'm like, no, I'm good. And they're like, oh, it's going to sell fast. This guarantees you a copy. No. How many times have we seen that pre-ordering from GameStop doesn't guarantee you a okay. fucking thing? So each store, in theory, should get a certain amount that, that they're capped the pre-orders at, right? I guess so, and, yeah. and so I guess from up high, they said, well, there's no cap. Just do whatever. And then and now, but now it's going to cost them because now they're going to give out the. I, I know at some point they stopped taking pre-orders because my buddy couldn't get one in, but that yeah, that doesn't mean that they didn't well oversell them beforehand. So, but now people, the other problem is that if people went to GameStop thinking they get the pre-order and they're canceled, they could have gotten that pre-order elsewhere. Elsewhere, exactly. And now they're fucked. Yep. GameStop, come on. You know what, GameStop? I don't want you to go out of business. I, I really don't. I don't want. I don't want to see any businesses go under. But when you, but you're continue, not helping yourself. No, you're not helping. You're not keeping yourself relevant and making smart business decisions here, and you're annoying the people you're partnered with. You're annoying Sony. You're annoying Disney, who should not have to deal with this shit. Just do what you're told. Act, you know, act as you're going to act normally in the li- in the limited time left you have on this earth, and don't fucking make me talk about you like this. Is that reasonable? Fuck. It's it's not simple. Don't oversell this shit. Oh man. Is there anything else going on? No. 
You're going to play the game? I never played a Kingdom Hearts no, game. No, I, I think the idea is interesting. It's not shocking that you haven't played anything. Um, I, I've played a lot of games over the past year, Ian. Yeah, I have. Yeah, well, maybe you'll play something modern so we can discuss modern topics someday. Ian is book shaming me right now. <laughs> I'm not book shaming you. He's shaming me for writing and doing research for a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. Pat, if you weren't doing the Super Nintendo guidebook, you wouldn't be playing modern games anyway. I'd be but... playing games. Yes, I would, Ian. <laughs> okay. I'd be playing Civilization on, on, on my on my Switch. That's modern. Yeah, modern-ish, yeah. Oh, it's like three years old now. If there was Unreal Tournament, I'd be playing that. I know that's for true. That's I'd be competitive. Sure. You'd be fucking <laughs> flack, <laughs> flacking your face. We're all over. Gush, gush. All right. Anyway. Whoa, gushing, gushing <laughs> all over my face. Fuck. Yeah, that's a fan fiction. Anyways. We are proud to be partnering with Dollar Shave Club, Ian. That's true. And we all have our everyday grooming routines. From showering to brushing our teeth to, yes, shaving. I shave every day, just about, Ian. I, I like using this the nice uh, shampoo and nice conditioner for my floofy hair. That's my routine. What do you do, Ian? I enjoy exfoliating. You exfoliate? Heavily. Heavily, yes. Heavily exfoliation? Yeah, it's become a hobby of late. <laughs> no matter your routine, Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to help you look, feel, and smell your best. A lot of you have probably heard of Dollar Shave Club and think that they only stick to shaving products. Well, don't let the name deceive you. Dollar Shave Club can solve all your grooming needs in one box. They've got shower products. They've got oral care products, toothbrushes, hair stuff, skin products, uh, you know, butt wipes, and, of course, uh, the shaving products as well. If you uh, have a body, if there's something you need to groom on there, they can probably take care of it for you. Um, they ship right to your house, but the more you buy, the more you save. They call it their handsome discount. Oh. So now's the time to see how great their stuff is. <laughs> Right now, they have this great offer where you can get their shave shower or oral starter set, each for only 5 bucks. We got all three of them. Got all three. Let's see. We got the shave starter set. With the razor and the butter. That's a good razor. It's good butter. Uh, the shave butter Don't is... Don't put it on toast. The shave butter is honestly the, the best shave I've ever had with the shave butter. That's, that's true. It, it's fantastic. They also have their oral care starter set with a weighty toothbrush, weighty toothbrush, and a trial-sized version of the Superba fluoride... Uh, peppermint toothpaste and it smells it smells great the peppermint kick and then they also have uh this is this is my if i had a personal favorite this is mine it's the shower starter set it's my favorite uh it has the hydrating body cleanser calming app amber and lavender ian loves that that stuff is the stuff they have their stuff it's the stuff yes it's it's for a good cleanse with your poofy little like body poof uh they have the sage black pepper hair and uh, scalp shampoo and this this makes speaking of exfoliation well, I don't know if that, this does this, but this is my favorite. The the Citrus Hawaiian Ginger Daily Face Cleanser. You feel like a new man or woman in the morning mm. with this. Uh, yeah, they're, they're great. Uh, join the club with one of the starter sets for just $5. After that, the restock box ships regular-sized products at a regular price. Get this exclusive deal at dollarshaveclub.com slash podcast today. Uh, this was an interesting, cute little story out of Kotaku. Uh, a lot of Doom topics lately. A lot, a lot of Doom topics. But this is a cute Doom one. is good. Doom is great. So, the, so a modder uh, is trying to recreate uh, Legend of Zelda NES in, in, in Doom. And it's adorable. It's, it's only like a little bit of an overworld. It's obviously not complete. Um, so it's, it's, uh, the user is called Xcodius says he doesn't have time to fully develop the project, so they released the files and the demo of the project onto the internet for other people to complete. 
Um, so it, it's a, it's cute. You, 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 it looks really. There's nice. a, there's a YouTube video of it that, that I found that I'll, I'll put here, and, and credit the credit the person there, that uh, the user. So you walk around. There's Octorok shooting at you. It's adorable. You walk in. You pick up the the wooden sword. And it uh, sends little beams out. Yeah. Yeah. You can shoot out the beams when you when you have the the, the full health. Um, I think the shield worked with the Octoroks. Find the rocks. I, I saw him get hit. Uh, several times, and then I think with the right angle, I think it deflected, but I'm not positive that was built into that. Okay. Obviously, this is like almost like this is a proof of concept. But what was a, more adorable, though, was the other mode. You can play Doom, Doom. as Link. Yeah, I, that was fun to watch. <laughs> and that to me is, is has a, a lot more appeal to me, actually, when I think about it. That was awesome. So he comes in, he just starts stabbing the Doom Marines yep. in the chest and then firing at them. I but it, they should have built up different weapons though instead. That's that's where the models work out. You know, get the bow and arrow in there. Get, right. the, get the magic wand. Sure. We played Heretic. Heretic is, is is basically a Doom mod, right? Yeah, I mean it is. I mean seriously, I mean it's a wild file. So let's just do that. Do that with with, with you know and throw in some Octoros and stuff into that. I think that's more appeals to me. I just think it was adorable. Yeah, it was very cute. Um. So, I, I think this... Oh, oh I love the little, little Moblin. so adorable. Mm-hmm. The little Moblin, first person. I just want to be his friend. I always liked when he gave you rupees. It's like, oh, he's my friend. He's a secret it's a, Moblin. It's a secret. He's a double everyone. agent. Yep. It's a Ganon uh, Link double agent there. Um, I just think is we're getting so much mi- more mileage out of, I think, Doom than anyone na- probably imagined when it came out. <laughs> that these, these uh, the mods are still going strong to this day. Doom may very well be the most important video game of all time. Uh, you know what? I would take that over <laughs> another one for sure. I won't argue on that or, or lobby to get get thrown off the video game. Here's that statement. I love you, Norm. But come on, man. Uh, all right. Uh, is that it for this topic? I thought we'd get more mileage out of this. No. No. Is there any, any other uh, NES games you'd want to get a... Wally Bear and the No Game. Wally Bear and the No Game. Wally, Wally Bear Someone and the make no a game. Wally Bear and the No Game. Right, you're skateboarding around throwing frisbees. Yeah, just throwing frisbees. But you need the looping music, though. You need the, the Yeah, music. it'd be real easy to Seagulls. make the wallpaper just one texture of like an apple for the parents' house and just pff, tile it all over everything. You have to save your turtle friend from, from using drugs. Yeah, Toby Turtle. Need why a do, t-shirt. Why do I like that game? It's, a, it's fun. It's pr- <laughs> the concept's fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ian. So we have a new uh, scumbag, scumbag buyer, buyer of the week, this of the week, week yeah. at Luna, Luna, yeah. Luna, Luna. So yeah, I'll try to make a, a customer story. You know, something. I think every the fans week. demand it. Uh, you know, some of those times they're going to be real good. Sometimes they're not going to be the best. Sometimes they might be positive or negative. Anyways, lots of ins, lots of outs. Lots of ins, lots of outs. This guy comes in all the time. He kind of annoys me. He's does he know about the podcast? If he does, it doesn't matter because next time we see you, you're removed from the store. You're kicked oh. out. So. Oh, ban! So you're done. Dropping the ban. <laughs> so if you do, okay, strap in. I'm, if I'm excited. If you do listen, you're I'm, out because this is shady oh, and shitty and I'm awful. Excited. Oh god. So this guy likes to come in and he does a lot of trade-ins, which is fine. But yeah, the life fine. Store. I need I need trade-ins, so I don't want anyone to get take me wrong on this. But he's one of those customers who never buys anything with money. And his trade-ins are always just random bullshit that he finds at, like, the swap meet or garage sales. So it Give always, me an example. Uh, just, like, a, 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 you know, three Genesis carts and, you know, maybe, like, a 1080 snowboarding and a wave okay. race. And then, you know, maybe there might be a Super Mario World in there, but it's just scraps. Okay. And they're never in good, they're never, like, clean or whatever, but 
we need the trade-ins and we rarely deny anyone. I mean, there are definitely things we won't take in because we don't need them, but I'm not just going to look at these somewhat decent games and be like, okay, I can't sell them. So we take them in and he'll only buy what he's looking for if he gets enough credit. And what he'll do is he'll run outside. He'll look at what he wants and he'll run outside and get some stuff. Be like, what can I get for this? And I'll be like, you can get this. And then he'll run outside and grab another game. Well, he's just okay. straight how, trading? Yeah, how about how, mu- how much can I get for this one? And yeah, he'll literally try. Versus to, just bringing them all in. Instead of bringing them all in, he'll just stack up like cartridges until he gets me to my magic level where I go, okay, that's $37. I guess we're even now. And like, he's he does it that way because he doesn't. He doesn't want me to go through and look for stuff like, otherwise, obviously, I'm going to take the good stuff that we need because that's beneficial. But if he doesn't have the box in there, then I then I can't. So I'm only getting what he's giving me. Do you, do you get it? He's trying to build up the credit through sure. through crap without showing his hand. And that's fine. But it's showing what hand, though? I don't, I don't know. Trade the better stuff. If you don't need it, you'll get more quicker. Anyways, it's a long, drawn-out process. And he's like one of those passively aggressive happy guys. Like, he's happy, but... He's not. He's a jerk. Do you get I, don't what I, mean? t- I don't know what you're talking about, Ian. Yeah. I, but do kinda, I, I don't know what anyone yeah. like that at all. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, he buys from our one store a copy of Target Earth on the Genesis. Never heard of that. Good game. Uh, that's Assault Suit Valken, I think. It's either Assault Suit Valken or Assault Suit shooter? Lanos. Yeah. Should say. Okay. Um, so he buys a copy of it complete as a loose game. I think it's like eight bucks, eight to 10 bucks. Okay. Complete copy. It's 30. So he buys it and probably a better way I could have told this. Basically the next day lane at the other location, the other store. So he buys it from the Chula Vista store. Okay. He took the sticker off the case put it on the cartridge and exchange the cartridge back in with the receipt to get his 30 bucks in credit. Hold on a second. He he gets the complete in-box copy for $30. 30 bucks. With the trade-in. At one location. He takes the sticker off of the box of the of the case. He puts it on the, the cartridge to trade it back in to get his full credit because he to, just needed the case to trick him to give him the credit back. Right, and because it was between two stores, and while it's not a crazy expensive game, Target Earth is not something we see very frequently. Sure, you know it wouldn't have really jumped to Lane's Lane's head. Sure, like you know you can. I mean, it's always worth checking this stuff, but you know a dude who's a regular. And this is the thing: he's a regular. He was a regular customer. Okay. So, A, he's a regular. So, we know we've seen him before. We all think he's kind of, like, off, but, you know, we've all worked with him before. So, he comes in to do another trade and just hands, you know, her a receipt for a game that we rarely see. And it says 30 bucks on so, the receipt. It's like, okay, here's 30 the 30 bucks on the, the card. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so she gave him the credit back and then he bought something else. So, basically stole 22 bucks from us. He's a thief. In, in a, yeah. He's a, he's a lying scumbag thief. thief. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great, and I can't wait to see him again. I don't know who's, which one. How did you find out? Uh, La- I, so, Lane... Did you see it on the shelf? And be like, oh, well, that's weird. What happened was Lane had put the cartridge down and then went to go inventory it back in later, and when she went to go put the the number in the inventory next to Target Earth, she realized that it said 
eight bucks, seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine sure. or whatever it was. So she called Walter and she goes, "Hey Walter, do you have a price for this game? Price tag on this is thirty, and here it says eight or ten bucks or whatever it was. I think it was eight. And Walter goes, "Oh," and then explained the I situation. Think your receipt should have the condition of the game on it. Yeah, I mean, I usually put it on there, but. Still, that's not something we've ever had to deal with. I think I think though that's a yeah, it's a loophole. He exploited a loophole. I mean, it's scummy, but that's a loophole. You got you got to put down target Earth with case. Was there instructions too? Don't don't blame us. It's his fault. I'm, I'm just a, I'm, a I'm just dick. I'm just saying you have to watch out for people. Well, yeah, but like I said, that's never been an issue. So what were you saying? Has it been on what? What was what? What was it I say? Was it the manual as well? Yeah, yeah, it was a complete copy. Oh, so yeah, case manual. 22 extra. So he's, he's officially banned from all. Oh, all yeah, he's fucking banned. Two locations, Chula Vista and El Cajon. Yeah, banned he's, from both. he's done. Can't remember his name, but I know what he looks like, and he can get the fuck up. So, anyways, yeah, that's that's, well, that's this, fun. That's this week's story. Wow, okay. So that so that person who who will remain nameless, yeah, probably someone I've seen at the swap meet. Maybe that's where he's got his stuff from. Yeah, who knows? Or various swap meets. He's a scumbag buyer, Custom, scumbag customer of the week. There you go. That's a new one. All right. Um, this is a Q&A, Patreon Q&A, uh, patreon.com slash CU podcast. Someone was complaining that we were pushing it every two minutes. We mentioned it like once or twice per podcast in the comments. It was really weird. It's like people can complain about anything. But anyway, so anyway, uh, Ian has his weekly writings on there. They can suck their shit out of their own asshole for all I oh, They can do that. That's okay. That's Anyways, not part of the Patreon. Sorry, that's not. You get the, the, full video, the, the full video podcast available. Ian has writing that he puts up when I nag him. Um, we also have uh, Ian's monthly hangouts on there. And we have the poll topics. We have the poll topic. Oh, uh, this died a death. Third place. NES puzzle game discussion, 17%. It's dead. Your, your dream is done, Ian. Um, second place, 25, 25%. If all game genres would disappear, which one would you save? 25%. Number one, at 58%. What games are better on the console versus the arcade? That was my idea for that topic. Ian, take it away. It's a nice one. So I've got two. Thanks, that I, I've got two. Um, my first is Contra. Contra in the arcade. A little away from the mic, Ian. Contra in the arcade <laughs> is uh, not nearly as much fun as Contra on the NES. Not as smooth. No, I was talking to... Doesn't th- play as well. I think it was my buddy Lincoln or someone else. But the, the, Has a vertical screen. You can't see anything. Right. The vertical screen is nice for the you vertical levels. Nah. But honestly, it's better to just bar it off on the side like it does on the home version for, yes. the, for the taller levels. Um, also, the controls are just... The thing about Contra that's so great is... So many things great about Contra. Yes, but the controls being as crisp as they are is probably the best part. Yes, because you wouldn't play that game over and over again if you felt like the controls were unfair. No. And, um, the fact that the controls are tight and you feel like you're in control at all times when you're controlling <clears> the character, <throat> when you die, it's easy for you to say, I fucked up. So the game's hard, but you don't feel like it's working against you in any way. Yes, all the deaths are fair. Yeah. If you die, you screwed up. I mean, there's a couple little things where enemies might like spawn in a weird place as you jump, but that's rare, you know. So yeah. And the the other one for me, I, there's a ton of them. This is a great topic. I just wish I oh, could thanks, think Ian. of more off the top of my head. I got, uh, I, I'm gonna go through Gunsmoke. This. Gunsmoke is one of mine as well. That's not a bad arcade game. It's not a bad um, arcade game, but I do like the home version a lot. Yeah, you, you, there's there's a slight not RPG elements when you buy the items and things. You yeah, get the they buy the poster that you build up yeah. for. You get the horse. There's a horse in the arcade, yeah. but, you, but you can buy it. 
You know, it's fun. It, it, it's there to stretch stuff out a little bit, but I, I like it. Looking at a certain NES Guide app, which is getting a massive overhaul, by the way. Oh, we're going to talk about the app in the future. I'm, I've been I've been biting my own tongue in the past year wanting to talk about the app. Anyway, um, okay, which ones are, are better for me? I'm going to start off with uh, one that came to mind was uh, the Tengen version of Pac-Man. Oh, excuse me, Miss Pac-Man. The Tengen version of Miss Pac-Man. No, Miss Pac-Man's in a really good game. Specifically the Genesis one. That's well, the- And the NES one. They're, they're, they have all the same shit on it. So you have uh, you have multiplayer modes, you have uh, co-op modes, random mazes, random mazes, weird ass shit that I can't even. I gotta look at the uh, review in a certain guy what to say. But they went. You ab- can turn the boost hack on. They went above and beyond. They said we have a Pac-Man game, which is just a maze game, right? So let's just throw all this shit in that we can throw in. We'll just throw it at you, whether or not you want it, until you realize you want it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's how the game is. Yeah. So that to me is a standout where, you know, it's like, oh, you know, playing a, you know, a first generation arcade game isn't a, a big deal on a console usually. Like you play Galaga on the NES and it's Galaga. Who cares? But Miss Pac-Man is above and beyond. Of course, the Namco version, they just stripped out all the cool stuff because I don't know why. Um, that's the first one. Uh, Super Off-Road on the Super Nintendo is is really good because they added, I think they doubled the amount of stages for it. The hmm. amount of race tracks. So, on, uh, without looking, Super Off Road in the arcade, which is a great game. Uh, Super Off Road maybe has what is it? Six different races, six different tracks, something like that. And then they, they reverse how they go. There is at least I think ten to twelve on the Super Nintendo. Without without looking, and that's one of the upcoming games I got to review for the guidebook. So I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm like, I'm trying to keep some of the good ones near the end. Where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna enjoy this. I got all the all the WF games out of the way. <laughs> I got those out uh, first. Nice. Um, let, let's see what what else? What else is better on a console? You want to say you want to say even Tetris? You like Tetris better on the console? No. Or on the handheld? No. I mean, it's 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 great versions on there, but the arcade version's great with its two players simultaneous. Um, you know what's not uh, better? Ikari Warriors is definitely not better. No. That's that's definitely going in the opposite uh, direction. Uh, I'm going to run out of steam here. I'm trying to look at some of these games here uh, and, and see what's better. I'm, I'm trying to think of if any of those uh, uh, Atari games from the, that I love. Uh, Rampart is worse on the Super Nintendo, just as good on the NES with, with poorer graphics, but it's, it's, it's the yeah, same Yeah, I, I was thinking about that, but it, it's, it's, it's not better. It's, it's the same game. Uh, any, any shooters that are better? Um, There's got to be some shooters that are better on a console with more options. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, shit, there was actually one that I was thinking about on the NES, and it just oh, um, Atomic Robo Kid. That's not on the NES. That's on the Genesis uh, domestic. It got okay. released, and it was released on the PC Engine. And all three versions are good, but I would argue that the home conversions are better than the the arcade conversions. Arcade okay. conversions look a little bit better, but the game just plays better. I got one Castlevania. Sure, I mean, Rygar. Usually, the the arcade games that became NES games that were like the action platformers were yeah, pretty straightforward. Definitely, definitely Rygar, um, because they were they were limited in terms of the time and a lot of people to die quickly. Rygar is a standard arcade game that it's okay, but on the NES, it's a whole adventure where you go and do whatever the hell you want, and then and if you really want to look, if you really want to compare the two, uh, both games bearing the name Ninja Gaiden. The NES one was way better than the Well, they're up. different genres like, yeah. entirely. Uh, you know, Ninja Gaiden is originally a beat-em-up, 
it's it's fine. It's a fine beat em up. But yeah, Ninja Guy on the NES uh, is I would say a better. Help. Fine, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, the 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 the, the VS version is uh not as good as a NES one. It just doesn't feel as right. Well, it doesn't feel as right playing with a joystick, a uh, platform playing with a joystick like that. Yeah, some of those NES games are better on uh, Nintendo games. First party are better on there. Uh, not the play choice ones. The VS ones are different. Uh, usually, I forgot about Rygar. That's a huge one. That's a that's a monumentally better game. Mm-hmm. Then again, people's defense, Castlevania. I never really saw it in the U.S. As an arcade machine, as a standalone, I know it exists, but I haven't personally seen um, it. Yeah, but it's not exactly. It's not Castlevania One. It's well, it's a completely different thing. It's it has a different. name. It's Castlevania it. though. Okay. You're whipping shit. All right, you're gonna Whatever. you're gonna. What? It has a different name. It's not comparing one to one. Castlevania arcade game. You're trying to tell me that some it's a different game, Haunted Castle. Yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah, it's a different game. Okay, let's look it up. How much different is Haunted Castle here? That's Castlevania. It looks more like Castlevania 4, actually, in terms of the graphics. Okay, but it's not Castlevania. Fuck, you, you, look, you look like Simon Belmont, you're whipping shit. It's fucking Castlevania. It's like the Ninja Gaiden difference. Ninja Gaiden's a, kind well, of a different... that's why I game. said it was a stretch. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, Ian. God, you're really getting sassy with this podcast. You book shame me before. For, for playing sassy. game for playing games for the for the review book, you're being I'm sassy. Talking. I'm just saying that's, that's not that it's not the same as comparing Gunsmoke to Gunsmoke or Contra to Contra <laughs> or Super Off Road to Super Off Road. Oh God, that's so that's, arc- arcade games aren't allowed to have different names from the console version. Like that's so unheard. It's a completely different game. <laughs> yeah, Rygar is a completely different different game. Yes, it's just named the same. It's the same difference, right? But Castlevania is not called Castlevania. Holy shit, it's Castlevania. <laughs> All right, bud. Let, like, is Haunted Castle just Castlevania with a different name in the arcade? Let let the viewers decide that. Holy we'll, shit. We'll let the viewers decide that. Oh, my God. This is going to work as well for you as Trump, Pelosi, and Schumer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was an interesting meeting. I have people in the comments. Is this going to end my career? The Haunted Castle is I, Castlevania. Everything we do is a career ender. Jeez. God. Ending careers one minute at a time. <laughs> Every podcast. We've, 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 career has ended 145 times plus live appearances <laughs> okay um, uh, Q&A time on the CU podcast speaking of career enders this is from at Snatch Games that's a funny name it is makes me laugh do you feel a disconnect with people who also love video games but don't seem to have other hobbies slash distractions I really do love games I personally feel like I can't relate to online users that seem to treat them as a top priority in their lives. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I can't relate to that necessarily. I, I mean, I can feel that disconnect. Um, and it's not an insult. It's just a matter of just a matter of different hobbies. Um, I have like three or four main hobbies, and I like to rotate between them. Um, games, I like games, reading, sassing Pat. Games, reading, music, cooking. Okay. Give him pat a little lip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I like to spread it out. I like to rotate them. I, it's. It, I guess I just don't understand how because it, it because it's just not my number one hobby. I don't understand how that would be an all encompassing or only hobby. Because I, I think I know what they're talking about. You do see people online, and it's literally that's that's it. It's just the feed. They um, are the in quotes gamers. gamers. Yes, they are the hardcore gamers. They are the, they encompass 
encompass the gamer lifestyle, I guess, and that's like their voting block. So I've met lots of people like that who are, are cool and they have interesting opinions. I guess my thing is I, I want to be able to talk about more than games. I get sick of talking about games. I need I need to be able to talk about other stuff too. Sure. So yes, I, I, I do feel some disconnect there because even though I play a lot of games, I don't feel like I fall into the lifestyle, I guess. There's a there's a there's a it's difference a between being a fan and a, fa- a fanatic and to a degree. I mean, one's actually just a definition, but uh, there an abbreviation. Is a difference. Yeah, it's a difference. That's but I see what you're saying. Realized. Yes. Okay. Uh, anything else? No. Okay. So this to me is the same as saying uh, I disconnect with people that make. We'll just say sports are number one priority. Where they're just like yeah. a massive sports fan, and you walk into their house, and they have they're always wearing like a like a like a, a football and jersey. Penance, yeah. And there's all penance, and they, they, that's all they're doing is is doing you know they're always gambling on sports or doing fantasy leagues. I can't identify with that. Yeah. Uh, I don't identify with people that yeah they only have one main interest and that's it. And that goes. I mean, honestly, that goes for anything. If, yeah, it's I, not this really I love, is beyond games. It's because yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to hate gamers again. Uh, but uh, some, I know people, I know a few people that do, you know, they do yoga. They're, they're instructors. I've been do, doing yoga a while. Uh, yoga to me is a fun activity. I buy into the spirituality to a degree, but there are some people that eat, sleep and breathe yoga. That's all they do. They do yoga every day. The, um, they, they go to retreats all the time. And, um, and unless you, uh, do yoga, I, I would have it. I would be hard to picture someone connecting with them because that's their lifestyle. The same way people live at the gym sometimes and they go to the, some people go to the gym every day for like two to three hours and they're fitness buffs, which is fine, but that becomes a lifestyle. It's the amount of time you're putting into it that you can't put into other things. Right. I guess I just have a disconnect from any hobbyists that are just, yeah, it becomes a lifestyle. That's it. And that's it. It's, It's far more fun to chat and hang out with people who have a hand in a few Yeah, it's, it's, it's healthier to have varied interests. Yeah. If you're going to dive all into one lifestyle, then you, you might get upset at certain announcements about mobile games that the average person couldn't give two shits about because why would you? Because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't fucking matter. Oh. You don't say. Because your life still goes on and you're still uh, around. And you still have other things you can do. Because you have other interests on the side. Maybe you go to the gym and work out a bit. Maybe you're going to watch the big game on Sunday. You know, you, you like different things. Maybe you follow politics uh, on the side because that's actually stuff that affects your life. Perhaps you're going to spend days trying to perfect a rolled omelet. Yeah, that that's a good quality to have. Guys, women like like a guy that cooks. Learn how to cook even a little bit and you'll impress him. That's Pat's uh, dating hack. It's my game. insurance policy. It's his insurance policy. <laughs> At the very least, hey, I can cook you breakfast. <laughs> And, and and a pretty good chili, by the way. Thank you. Anything else be cooking that you've been holding on me lately? Yeah, I'll bring you something next time. I was going to bring you this egg stuff, but I wasn't sure if you'd like it. So maybe next time. Well, next why don't you let me decide if I like it, Ian? I'll bring it. Now, now I'm hungry after hearing that. I'll, bring, I'm I'll bring it next time. That's the worst thing. I, I've had, uh, you know. You asked. You, you could have said I didn't make enough. I would have preferred you lied to me. Well, I didn't make enough, but I would have liked to have oh. brought, I would have waited anyway. Ian, this is our potential to bond over food, and he just slaps it away he's being sassy and he's not giving I'm me not food being sassy. Being sassy you're sassy because i didn't bring you any food i'm not being sassy i'm just disappointed that's all <laughs> i'm sassy thanks dad i'm sassy about not being able to wear that blood sport shirt 
I'm disappointed about the food. Dad cast. Pod dad. Someone's got. Someone's got. I'm her. not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> in I've had. I had someone. I had an ex. Used to always say, "Yeah, I made cupcakes." I'm like, "Oh God, I can't wait to try them." Oh, I didn't bring them. Don't tell me you made cupcakes then. Yeah, cupcakes are like number two on my list of sweets. You know, it's up there. It's up there. Anyway, sorry. I'm really hungry now. All of a sudden, I'll do some egg tomorrow. FlexProMeals.com slash see you podcast. Yeah, FlexProMeals. Oh, uh, anyway, what were we saying? What were we talking about? Oh, oh yeah, done. yeah. So oh, th- yeah. this isn't to attack you if you like games or if you if you're really into yoga. I do yoga once a week, you know. But it's not as healthy as if you vary your interests. They get yes. you don't get sucked down into a black hole of of one entity really running your life, whether or not you realize it. And the thing is, it's not that I can't talk to or have fun with those people. No. But I do feel like disconnect is different because I can. If I want to talk about video games, I have lots of friends online who are great to talk about video games to. But what else are we talking like, Because sometimes you want to move on. Cause so, so, so say, you, say you're a, a gamer and you came over. We're going to play games for a couple hours, a few hours. We're going to have fun. But hey, how about we check out this Unsolved Mysteries thing with with Robert Stack? And you say, no, I'm not into Unsolved Mysteries. So I say, okay, that's fine. Get the fuck out of my house at that point. Because <laughs> hey, you're like Unsolved Mysteries. If you're not into Robert Stack, you need to leave. No, if you ain't down with the stack, mass, I don't have your back. Mass respect for the stack, man. Yeah. I like my little slogan I just made up. I'm good at the slogan. You missed that. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, this has been a fun See You podcast, Ian. It's been good. It's been we got, good. We got through a lot of stuff. Got through a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna be at oh oh we're gonna be at an event. God, we should we should plug this. Bobby's gonna Bobby and Chris are gonna kill me. We'll be at SoCal Retro Gaming Expo. That'll be oh Jesus, is that a month? Oh, it's four weeks out. Uh, February twenty third and twenty fourth in Pasadena, California. Woo. SoCal Retro Gaming Expo. Schedule up here. Uh, our pals, Andre uh, Meadows, Black Nerd Comedy. Uh, Norm, the Yay! gaming historian. Metal Jesus Rocks, John Wiggs. Woo! Riggs, uh, James oh, Riggs Rolfe. Yep, uh, James Rolfe, uh, Boogie2988, and more are going to be there. Our friend Alex. I love Alex. My favorite person in the world. Alex is a real sweetheart. Uh, yeah, I fucking love Alex. That's why I want to be, I want, if, I want, if I had a brother, I wanted to be Alex. I wish I had a brother. You're lucky you have a fucking brother. I'm jealous of that. I like my brother. No, I'm He's sassy. So go to uh, you, you buy tickets. Use code CU Podcast. Go to go to SoCal Retro Gaming Expo. Click on the little Eventbrite thing. Buy tickets. CU Podcast saves you ten uh, percent that code. So there you go. You can save some money and have some fun. And you know, you can, I, I might buy some. I might bring some spare systems to sell. I have a certain NES guidebook that. Oh, I'm running out of them, but I'll have them there. I'll be selling myself. I, you do a little bird box. Yeah. Ian was doing bird boxes before the bird box movie. He was doing the bird. You were wow. Oh, the bird boxes! I should do more bird. I he was, was doing yes. bird Netflix. You should sue Netflix over bird box. <laughs> I should do more bird boxes. Wow, I just thought of that. Wow, more grape crates. Grape crates. Yeah. Okay. Um, other than that, uh, speaking of uh, Gerard, uh, congratulations, Gerard! Your million subscriber. Woo! Hit. Congrats, we're, we're, my friend. We'll see you at the shindig uh, coming up. Uh, yeah, so this has been a fun podcast. This is, this is, I'm just starving now because Ian didn't bring me eggs. Next so, week. on behalf of Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Country. Uh, we'll see you in, in a week and uh, be on the lookout for uh, an announcement in the next week or so. A firm date for the NES Marathon and also a firm date for the Kickstarter. Thanks. So much firmness.